0: This is Teachers Talk Radio, and you are listening live.
1: Welcome to The Late Late Show, everyone. I'm Catherine, and I'm speaking to you live from Buckinghamshire, UK. On today's show, we'll be talking to Johnny Manning. Johnny is passionate about ensuring that tuition can be used as a force to narrow rather than widen the disadvantaged gap. He's thrown himself into this mission, taking on Hello and welcome to the show, The Late Late Show. My name's Catherine Taylor and I'm talking to you live from Buckinghamshire. It's great to have some people in the studio already and I know there'll be many people listening later, downloading on the podcast. And uh, we're talking about tutoring this evening. And I know that it's something that a lot of people um, care an awful lot about and uh, it's very common in the education sector. And I'm very lucky, fortunate um, to have johnny manning on the show tonight and he's going to be talking to me a little bit about some of his um, sort of tutoring expertise and experiences but this is a show for all kinds of people to get involved and if you would like to uh to join in the conversation remember that if you're listening live and like to join us either to post questions in the chat for johnny to answer or if you want to call in and speak to us then download the podbean app visit ttradio.org and click listen live on the home page this should take you directly to the show there you can post your comments and ask questions during our conversation and if you'd like to get involved in the conversation please do Feel welcome to fo- to call in. You can do this by pressing the call icon at the top of the screen on your phone's app. And uh, if you click this, I'll be able to connect you. But before any of that, let's have a few messages.
2: This show is brought to you in partnership with John Cat Educational, publishing professional development books and resources to support great teaching and learning in schools around the world. Have you checked out their latest releases? Use the code JCTTR2324 for 20% off your order. Don't miss out. Visit johncatbookshop.com to explore their full range of titles and advance your own professional development today. Happy reading. Bet UK is empowering the everyday wins. Cheeky grins. (laughs) Big conversations budding aspirations our goal to make ed tech accessible and teaching exceptional join the global education community on the 24th to the 26th of January 2024 as we make education better together ticket off your Christmas list today get your free ticket before the 13th of December deadline Visit www.uk.betshow.com forward slash visitor dash registration.
1: Welcome back, everyone, and uh, welcome to our, t- our show tonight on uh, tutoring. We've got Johnny, uh, he's waiting to speak to us, which is fantastic. Um, but before I bring Johnny in, I'm wondering if there's any listeners out there who would like to call in and share their thoughts on tutoring. Um, I myself work in, in a grammar school, and that means that I come into contact with lots of people who, um, who have done tutoring and um, who have been tutored, indeed, to get into that. Grammar school, which is a really interesting position to be in. Um, I know that in um, Buckinghamshire, that's something that uh, a lot of people do um, do it do for their children because of the grammar grammar school system but i'd be really interested to know uh, what the picture's like across the uk and i know that we've got gwen actually i can see gwen was trying to phone in but i can't actually see you to connect you at the moment i'm sorry about that Gwen. if you do want to try again please do um and while we wait to see if anyone wants to call in and uh, join in the conversation i'm just going to um invite i can just see my screen i'm just going to invite johnny into the online studio welcome johnny how are you good
3: evening i well thanks how are you
1: i'm fine thank you very much and thank you for calling in um so as i've said this is supposed to be an interactive uh, chat so if there are people who want to kind of get involved please do so um but johnny could you tell us a little bit about yourself and um and your tutoring
3: um your passion for tutoring please yeah absolutely so i mean i have been tutoring in, in some way shape or form for, for over 20 years now so i started uh, tutoring one of my sister's friends when i was 15 uh helping them out in maths and and the word soon spread and uh took on more and more more students back then um before moving to london and 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 tutoring my way through university for essentially what was beer money at the time so studying maths at imperial um and finding lots of students yeah looking for help across the capital and, and, and when i graduated
1: have... sorry, sorry would they have been students who were oh sorry i, I don't know if you're touching your phone johnny is it possible that you can lay it flat on the table because we're getting a bit of rustling there i'm afraid
3: of course how's that
1: uh, should be all right as it's just they're ever so sensitive. Um, thank you so much. But would these have been um fellow students or in the year below, or were you tutoring people who were doing their GCSEs and A levels at that time?
3: So that was tutoring, yeah, mostly GCSEs and, um, okay. and A levels. Um, and a wide range of pupils, yeah, that were looking to excel, get A's, A stars, but also those that were really struggling to get their past grade.
1: Okay, and and so. When you were doing that, what I take it you kind of identified a need then, so how has that sort of developed into your um, ideas about closing the attainment gap and the disadvantage gap, which I know that you're very passionate about?
3: Absolutely. So yeah, as I graduated from university in 2008, uh, I decided to take tuition further. Um, There wasn't many tutors around like myself and time, it's kind of retired teachers, beaten down by years and years in the classroom. Uh, possibly some of your listeners <laughs> have, have got that feeling. Um, so I set out to, to create a company that provided young, enthusiastic, okay. engaging tutors. Tutors Fantastic. who were. Work...
1: And so I, I can just see, actually, we've got, sorry to interrupt, we have got someone just calling in. Um, and so let's just bring, is it Gwen? Is that Gwen just coming in there? So sorry to interrupt there. I've got a number Not of things. Hello. Okay. Oh, hello. Is that Gwen? Hopefully. <laughs> <Yeah>. Hello. Hopefully. <laughs> I've been
4: pressing all of Johnny. Gwen, Johnny,
1: Gwen. Fantastic. Hi. Thank you. Oh, nice lots to
4: meet you, you Gwen. Hi, nice to meet you too.
1: Gwen, I wonder if you could just um, tell us. Your experience of, of being a tutor or, or how you, because, and that's quite interesting, because I, I think if I, because I know you're a regular on Teachers Talk Radio, I think you have become a tutor after yes. leaving the classroom. Is that, is that right? That's which, right, Which is yeah. kind of what Johnny was alluding to, isn't it?
4: Yeah, because I, I was part time in a school and um, on my day off I was tutoring um, for a company who, I suppose it's alternative provision and we tutor pupils in their own home who are who can't attend school for all sorts so it could be health reasons often it's M- SEMH um sometimes school refusers um and uh, well it's just it's really enjoyable work to do and it, it kind of gave me the impetus to find a bit of courage and um and do more of that and become totally self-employed as a tutor so it's um it's not it's nice because it's one tutor one pupil at a time as opposed to hundreds. And um, <laughs> um but the, the work's like really, really re- rewarding because um unless I was sat in front of these children tutoring them, they, they wouldn't be getting any, any teaching at all. Um so um why why wouldn't I want to do it? <laughs> it's kind of the kind of the question. Um really.
1: Now that that's really brilliant, Johnny. I wonder if you'd want to come in on that because Gwen's obviously describing something that she slipped from classroom teaching into a part-time role and into then um taking it on as a self employed person. um Johnny, when you've come in contact with people who've become tutors do you do you meet a lot of people that have got into it through that role?
3: yeah absolutely i mean we're connected uh, across the tuition's world both through the tutors association and through um, qualified tutor and the love tutoring festival they put on so mm-hmm. yeah we interact with with all flavors of tutor uh so it's lovely to hear gwen's experience yeah um, finding that that joy of teaching perhaps that you um, don't get from a lot of classroom management as a teacher i imagine
1: yeah that that's really interesting. And Gwen, sorry just to come back on that. Mm-hmm. You know, would you say there was more that was pushing you out of the classroom or pulling you towards tutoring or would you say there's a real kind of mixture I, of things going
4: on? I think it was yeah, it was a case of a push push me pull you. Um Yeah. I was just getting very very tired of the um it's a, the system not the school is not school specific. This the system is um kind of relentless and grueling. And it seemed to be no matter what what I did, um, I, I even working part time, I had had nothing resembling a work life balance. Mm-hmm. Um, and and the, and the, the more that went on, the more I resented it. And you can't yeah. stand in front of a classroom full of children being full of resentment and getting more and more bitter by the day. So, you know, the the best thing to do is is to go um, for their sake as much as your own. Um, but yeah, it was. Um, but I, I I knew how much I enjoyed my, my 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 best part of the week, and this is kind of Saturday, was the day that I was tutoring.
1: Mm.
4: Uh, I, I find it the most enjoyable, the least stressful, and the most enjoyable.
1: And what do you find particularly rewarding about working with individuals? You, it's
4: I suppose it's you. You're not you're not just um, tutoring the child, even though that's like the large part of what we do. But you kind of like in, become um uh, you're a very welcome guest in the in in the family's household and you develop a relationship not just with like a really profoundly good relationship with the with the child that they're tutoring because it's one-to-one but but with their family as well and often you get parents who are um working at home or they um by choice or they're working at home because of their their child isn't going to school um and it's it's the um Having an outsider in the home is as much a blessing to the parent as it is, is to the is to the child that you're tutoring, That element of social interaction, because um, you know the, the the parents can find it incredibly difficult having a child, at home, not because they don't like their child, but um, it's just difficult. It's it's difficult for them to know how to manage it.
1: Yeah,
4: um, you know. So um, yeah, it was a case of a bit of. Put, Push me, pull you, and and um, and, and it was a, a greater. It was a greater risk, but I knew that I would enjoy it if I was doing more of it.
1: Oh, thank you so much, Gwen. Thank you for for calling in, and um, please do stay connected um, if if you want to. Um, Johnny, is that a story that you recognise? You know, people, parents being obliged to work from home because they're um perhaps in a situation where the child is school refusing for some reason or you know what kind of circumstances brings people to be trying to to get a tutor for their child
3: well i don't i think this is the 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 point that there's so many reasons that tuition could be beneficial for someone um you know the work that we do we we work a lot with schools and uh, making sure the tuition is going to disadvantaged pupils Mm -hmm. Uh, when you think of classic tuition the stereotypical tuition that comes to mind it is normally affluent or better off upper middle class parents who can afford tuition for their children and you talked earlier about your grammar school system about the drilling tuition that happens to get people to pass the 11 plus um yeah, what we're doing is trying to use tuition as, as as more of a leveler, so providing tuition to the pupils who may who wouldn't be able to afford it at home, but who definitely deserve that one to one or small group support, then opportunities to to have their questions answered.
1: Oh, is your right. your phone's a bit um, crinkly again, there, Johnny. I don't know if you've got if you've you got it flat on the table. Yeah, yeah. I do okay no sorry it's just i think when whenever you move i'm getting a of a, a rustling but no it's it's sure. so it's so interesting isn't it because um as i say we all have different contexts and certainly i uh, in my in my context i've i've got as you say the 11 plus system and i c- regularly say to the kids you know you've got here because of you know yes you're very clever young people but actually there's a very large amount of systematic tutoring that goes on in Buckinghamshire um, in a particular demographic Um, but you know when I if I was to try and teach my own son for example during lockdown that really just only ends in tears probably for him and for me Um, but you know if you've got a child who's refusing school and and you talk about it being this great leveller um Could could you just tell us a little bit about how that works in terms of, um, for example, working with schools to get those pupil premium, perhaps, students or those disadvantaged students um, to have access to the kind of level of that that you've described?
3: Yeah, so it's exactly that, you know, um, it's, it's schools tapping into that pupil premium budget, which is designed to give financially disadvantaged pupils the same opportunity in life that their better off peers have got and, and what better way to do that than, than tuition. Um, the school can, can select the pupils that are going to benefit from this and put the tuition in place in a, in a vast array of ways. It could be that they're coming out of class to have it um, once a once support. It could be staying after school but it can also be that they're having this in evenings and weekends, um, accessing it online um, and then yeah, getting that, that same opportunity. Um, you know, you talk about the 11 plus. The 11 plus is supposed to be a, a natural aptitude test. Yeah, there's the mm-hmm. idea of the grammar school system, um, and I think you, as you point out, <laughs> there is systematic tutoring taking place, um, which is kind of under undercutting that. Um, yeah, it's interesting. Yeah, recently in China, um, there's been big, big, big steps where tuition is now illegal um, unless it's the charity delivering it. So. You know, China are taking this move to say, no, we're we're going to prevent this uh, secret weapon of the affluent to give their children this leg up in life. Um, So it's going to be the same for all. I think we're a long way from from that in that this country, and of course, uh, as a company that delivers tuition, I yeah, yeah, no, that's
1: an interesting move, interesting proposition, isn't it, to say that it must be delivered by charities, and and I, I guess the state education system isn't a charity, but it's sort of this idea that it sh- it should be a leveler. Um, you talked a little bit about uh, in our prior conversations about what you've described as a pincer maneuver. Now. Tell me what. Do you know what I'm? Does that
3: sound familiar? From yeah, it mind. does sound familiar. So <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, it sounds a... a
1: bit like there might be a crab, and I don't think that's what you
3: mean. It it is taken from the idea of the crab. Yeah, it's a direct quote from um, CFEY, um, and Who's they're that- talking about. F-E-Y? Uh, CFA, I can't remember the exact uh, acronym now, uh, the, sorry, the Centre the for Education and Youth, there you go. So they, 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 they do a lot about um, social mobility um, and, and, and how schools can help um, disadvantaged pupils. Now, a recent study they, they did was you know, looking at how pupil premium was spent in order to narrow the disadvantaged gap. It's not just about raising the performance of disadvantaged pupils, You've got to make sure you're doing that without also rising the performance of 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 the more affluent pupils. So if you make the class sizes smaller with your pupil premium budget, you're not going to narrow the disadvantage gap because you're benefiting all pupils equally. So to mm-hmm. to, to to make sure the disadvantaged pupils are performing as well as their better off peers, it's it's this p- pincer: the bottom's got to come up, and the top has
1: yeah. either yeah. going to come
3: down or at least stay exactly where it is.
1: Yeah, that's really interesting because, I mean, I suppose the zeitgeist, I, I guess, in many schools is this idea of quality first teaching. And certainly in my school, they say, you know, it's vi- valuable for all, vital for some. And so that's kind of the the bottom coming up. But without. Yes. Yeah, so it, it's very much about that targeted support, isn't it, for for people to really close that. That gap, um, particularly when there there are sort of demographic and economic reasons that certain people perhaps might fall down the cracks, and and another thing I wanted to ask you because you know. you've you've talked a lot um in our prior conversations about how children really need the opportunity to link their hard work to success and and i'm just going to tell you a little anecdote the other day i i spoke to a group of teachers the other day about um how to fail well and one of the things that i said was to really um to uh reward and uh stress the the positivity around the struggle not the success and i was challenged on that and they said no we, we do want to reward success and i said well yes okay but let's not reward <laughs> only the success let's reward the struggle as well so i can what do you think about that kind of dichotomy it's probably a false dichotomy but what do you think about that idea about whether we should be building a work ethic or rewarding success
3: um I I don't think there's anything wrong with rewarding success, but yeah, it's certainly it's amazing that we've seen many, many situations where a pupil has got to year eleven there in their GCSE year, and they still haven't made the connection between uh, hard work and success. And you know, they've certainly struggled, but they have in the class that sometimes that's all they've done. They've struggled and they've never sort of had that resolution at the end, and they've never had that um realization that the, the fruition of that struggle whereas you put them in a one-to-one tuition session where it's going at exactly the right pace for them and it's tackling exactly the topic that they're struggling with and they can sit there in the, over the course of you know, half of the lesson half an hour apply themselves and have that eureka moment of like i get this now and yes. that means that the benefit of that tuition session isn't just what's covered in, in that hour but it's them then going back into the classroom with this increased confidence of saying, yeah. "Right, okay, if I if I focus on this and if I work hard, I will comprehend this at the end." Um, and uh, yeah, I've actually stolen that quote as well, linking hard work to success. That's from Amy Welch uh, of of Paddington Academy, um, who, who described that as the outcome of tuition, which I, I just yeah loved as a as a description of. of of the benefit of of what you're doing in this one-to-one
1: setting and so would you kind of almost describe one of the one of the outcomes perhaps that effective tutoring can have is to actually have almost a character education element to it where students are bolstered and you know have those meaningful opportunities to feel successful
3: yeah absolutely there's uh, we're actually halfway through a study at the moment about um just how much uh increase in motivation and self-efficacy a course of tuition can have on pupils and it's certainly been our standpoint as an organization in the sense of by using university undergraduates who are attending top universities but are massively passionate about the subjects that they're teaching they can not only act as educators they can act as role models and mentors as well and we've had countless examples of pupils starting tuition saying, you know, oh, I you know, can't stand maths, can't stand English, can't stand science, whatever it is. And then actually going on and, and passing that exam and taking it as an A level, you know, having a complete about turn. So um, it's you about get that people inspiration. Who who
1: are, you get people who are kind of ma- what you might describe as maths phobic and things like that. So do you think that that's just that connection can really. Kind of head off the kind of negativity that someone might have associated with a particular subject over time. Is that? Is that yeah, that
3: absolutely. Goes? It's it's. I mean, yeah. Some of this sort of math phobic things. I think that gets embedded at an early age. Sometimes mm-hmm. you know, people have this sort of language. Oh, I'm a math person, or I'm an English person, and, and shut out the other. Uh, and that could be quite disruptive for a pupil. So yeah, that that can be you know undone in in, in just a few sessions. Mm-hmm realizing that, oh gosh, I've been carrying this label around my whole life and actually it's not true. <laughs> I'm, you know, I'm quite capable of this. And oh gosh, I actually find it quite enjoyable. I mean, I had that exact same, um, narrative with history. I mm. didn't enjoy history at school. thought I disliked history. And you know, now I'm in my thirties. I absolutely love <laughs> exploring it. And I realized that I'd, I'd put this label on myself and shut that world away from me. And, you know, uh, I'm upset that I did so.
1: No, that, that's really interesting. I wonder actually, and this wasn't, or not, we haven't discussed this, but I'm going to ask you actually, Johnny. Did you have a tutor at any point at school? Out of interest.
3: I didn't. No. Um, the, yeah, there was. Uh, so, so in in maths, I was sort of a couple of years ahead from from primary school. I just had a real natural aptitude for maths and. Uh, but in the other subjects, I sort of, yeah, got along uh, reasonably well with it. As I said, at the age of 15, I, I actually started tutoring maths. And, but that was also a really nice way of embedding the learning. I think that's what's great uh, as well. Um, you actually
5: could learn quite a lot
3: yourself by having to go and explain something to someone. And it's yeah, something exactly. I like used to do within my tuition sessions. It's like, right, okay, well, I've taught you this. Now teach it back to me.
1: Yeah it's it is so interesting and I, I think when I started to uh, teach A level I've definitely found that you know you can read all you like but until you try and explain it to someone else it's it's really quite abstract isn't it so that that's a really good point um Let's talk about the the nuts and bolts of how it works in school. I'm just going to say, by the way, I can see Dan has entered the studio. Dan, please don't panic. You're not live on on it, but you're very welcome to call in if you'd like to join the conversation uh, and welcome. Um, But, but Johnny, let's think about um, the the actual embedding um, of tutoring in a school when would you say it's best deployed for for a school? Is it primary? Is it secondary? What, what do your what are your top tips on that?
3: Uh, I think it's about doing the right tuition for the right pupils at the right mm-hmm. time. So um, you know, schools do an awful lot of work, an awful lot of analysis to, to spot gaps, to spot pupils that are falling behind. Um, and I think it's about making sure that there's a, a committed program of tuition uh, throughout mm-hmm. a pupil's uh, schooling. Um, I think uh, making tuition a part of a educational strategy, uh, it's not something that's you know outside of, of, of schooling, it's not something that's pulling in a different direction, but it's something that can complement and support teachers. So yeah, there's, there's, there's plenty that can be done in primary school if pupils are, are struggling with, with reading, uh, with writing or with maths, um, you know, secondary schools can definitely benefit of looking at their year seven intake uh, and, and deciding, gosh, okay, these pupils are behind where they need to be. We need to give them a boost now. Otherwise, these, um, you know, the, 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 the slippage that these pupils had is only going to compound over time. And there's plenty of studies uh, covering, covering that. Um,
1: obviously, yes, what, what happens in reality
3: is a lot of schools get to year 11, get to, February, March before the exams, and say, oh gosh, these people are going to fail their, <laughs> their exam. Let's throw everything we can at them in this last, last minute. But, um, you know, well, they're going kind to of be a benefit, you know, a slightly more thought out plan because it's probably more beneficial.
1: Yeah, because what I was just going to say there is that, of course, um, sort of the longer it's left, the worse the gap becomes, doesn't it? Certainly, if you're struggling with your reading and writing in, let's say, year three, then if that's not really addressed, then you're going to struggle to access some of the materials in year four. By year five, you're going to be feeling a bit of a drift, a bit of drift and perhaps not very good about yourself and having low self-esteem. By year six, you know, you see, it, 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 it seems to be something that can really snowball. And, and I, I totally see what you're saying about how you've sort of schools start to panic in year 11 and start to do interventions in April or whatever um, but it, it seems like actually to be effective we do need to be addressing things very much earlier because my concern is it's not just about the academic isn't it it's about sort of the self-esteem and the feelings of self-efficacy of the individual children involved how do you think? Early tutoring intervention can boost those mental health and self esteem aspects as well as the academic.
3: Yeah, I I think you made the point quite clearly that, um, you know, a pupil who's falling behind their class in in primary school or who's really struggling with reading and therefore not able to progress in the way that their peers are is going to feel uh that, that that sensation of being left behind and I, I think you know um nipping that one in the bud early uh giving them the boost that they they deserve and catching them up uh is, is, is vital um before uh, yeah i, I think you've the forest mobiles
1: so in terms of how pupils are identified what uh what would you recommend that schools should be doing and and when should they be doing it to really make sure that that this snowballing effect doesn't escalate
3: so uh, yeah the, the work that we do we work mostly with secondary schools so I can I can um, I mostly speak to that obviously in primary you're looking at your reading you're writing your numeracy and uh, there's, there's uh, plenty of Uh, data to be drawn and uh, to catch the people that struggle there, but uh, but certainly secondary, the move to Progress 8 was, I thought, was a fantastic move. I know it was difficult to implement at the time, Uh, and they managed to throw Michael Gove under the bus, so we all had a a hate figure to to blame it all on. But what it has done is meant that you know where a pupil was when they joined the school and where they should be when they're leaving the school. And so you can track their progress towards that throughout the course of the year, year seven to 11 um, tenure, and, and, and see if they're slipping and if they do, then, then that could be the point to, to give them the, the, the boost, whether it's a half term of tuition, whether it's you know a, a full 15 week program, whether it's a half term intensive uh, or something over the summer holidays, you know, the, to make sure that they're coming back ready in September and, and call back up to their peers. And that's the beauty of tuition; is it's it's got that flexibility. So, yeah, we, we we work with a lot of schools who would treat this as part of their staffing budget, perhaps as well, and just sort of say, "Well, while they are having one teacher, we'll we'll take the sort of money we would have spent on that and deploy it at the right time for the right pupils in the right subjects uh, in a reactive way across the year."
1: Mm. No, that's that's really interesting, because one of the things as well is that people might say, you know, are we saying that we're going to replace um, sort of the traditional teaching model? But you go for, I think, more of a complementary um, sort of relationship between traditional classroom teaching um, and, you know, rather than sort of an either or. How do you what's the most complementary thing you think? That how can it work really well, complementing the teacher and the tutor in terms of yeah. that, how they work together? Yeah,
3: so I mean, you know, a teacher is responsible for uh, 30 students in their class uh, and making sure that they've covered all of the material. No, sorry, not covered, but each of those 30 pupils comprehends all of the material that's been covered. Uh, and they're not doing that just for one class of 30 kids, but m- multiple classes of 30 pupils at any one time. Um, they, you know, we, we all know the teachers are just about the most overworked profession in the entire country. Um, they don't have the capacity, once they've identified gaps in learning, to help those pupils catch it up. But uh, if, all the, if all the students have the same gap in learning, great, you can do a class that covers that again. Yeah. But that's in a very unlikely situation. What you usually have is, each of the students having a different um, topic that they're, they're failing to fully comprehend. And so what we see really good is, you know, a, a program of tuition being put in place, pupils that are falling behind the class being identified, and the teacher communicating those gaps in learning to the tuition company or the tutor, mm. so that they go into these tuition sessions knowing exactly what the gaps they learning are, bringing the pupils back up to speed on those, and sending them back into the class you know, equipped and, and caught back yeah. up with their peers. And you can do that as a rolling program throughout the year. Once you feel a pupil has caught back up, pull the tuition from them and go and put it in place for other people.
1: That's fantastic. Thank you so much. Um right, I'm just gonna Um, go to the messages in the news. And when we come back, we're gonna talk to Johnny some more and hear a bit more about his um, insights into this area of tutoring. And if there's anyone who'd like to ring in and join the conversation or type a message in the chat, then I'm sure we can um, open it up to you as well. I'll speak to you in a few minutes.
2: This show is brought to you in partnership with John Cat Educational, publishing professional development books and resources to support great teaching and learning in schools around the world. Have you checked out their latest releases? Use the code JCTTR2324 for 20% off your order. Don't miss out. Visit johncatbookshop.com to explore their full range of titles and advance your own professional development today. Happy reading. Bet UK is empowering the everyday wins cheeky grins (laughs) big conversations budding aspirations our goal to make edtech accessible and teaching exceptional join the global education community on the 24th to the 26th of january 2024 as we make education better together tick it off your christmas list today Get your free ticket before the 13th of December deadline. Visit www.uk.betshow.com forward slash visitor dash registration. This is
0: Teachers Talk Radio and this is Teachers Talk Radio News.
5: The inquest into the death of headteacher Ruth Perry has ruled that an Ofsted inspection contributed because it lacked fairness, respect, and sensitivity and was, at times, rude and intimidating. These are the comments from the senior coroner Heidi Connor, as reported on the BBC News website. Mrs. Connor went on to express concern about the impact the inspection system can have on school leaders. This is the first time Ofsted has been listed as a contributing factor in the death of a head teacher. The coroner also issued a prevention of future death notice, a report that aims to stop similar situations arising again. Anyone who gets such a notice has 56 days to say what they plan to do to mitigate the chances of deaths happening. Education unions, Ofsted Chief Inspector Amanda Spielman and Education Secretary Gillian Keegan have all released statements following the inquest. These can be found across media outlets. A statement by Mrs Perry's sister, Professor Julia Waters, made it clear that this situation must never be allowed to happen again, but that Ruth was a much more than a victim. She was a sister, a wife and a mother. The Programme for International Student Assessment, or PISA, has released its latest findings. Making the headlines amongst the data was a figure of 11% of teens in the UK who were skipping or missing a meal at least once a week as a result of poverty. The average was 8%, although it rose to 13% in the USA and to 19% in Turkey. The report makes the link between missing meals and less effective learning. Every four years, PISA compares 15-year-olds reading, science and maths levels across 81 countries. The director of the project described the UK as being in a fairly good spot, with improvements in reading and maths, although there was a decline in science. Amongst the four home nations, England performed the highest across all three subjects, although the average maths score fell for all UK nations. The gap in results between UK nations has widened, with Wales recording its worst results so far, according to the BBC. The Welsh Education Minister said COVID-19 had derailed improvement. Northern Ireland scored higher than Scotland in maths and science, but Scotland did better in reading. The wellbeing survey is the first of its kind, with the head of research expressing surprise that so many pupils in a supposedly wealthy country are missing meals due to food poverty. Another survey, this time by the British Council, has also seen its results released. They asked just over 2,000 pupils at the end of their first year of secondary, from across the UK, about modern foreign languages. The results showed that only 20% planned to study a language at GCSE. The numbers of pupils taking modern foreign languages has been in decline in recent years. Whilst 73% of those taking part in the survey said children should have the chance to learn a language, and 46% said they enjoyed language learning, More than one in four said that they did not plan to take the subject at GCSE level or beyond. Nearly nine out of ten said they did not think it was very likely that language would be necessary for their future career. Finally, writer and poet Benjamin Zephaniah passed away on the 7th of December at the age of 65. He had been diagnosed with a brain tumour eight weeks ago. Zephaniah had 14 poetry collections and five novels published over the years. He openly discussed his difficulties with learning to read and write, leaving school at 13 and his diagnosis of dyslexia. His first book was published in 1980 and he described himself as an angry young man who had an outlet through writing. He said that using writing as expression had saved his life. This has been your Teachers Talk Radio News with Joe Fox.
1: Welcome back. Thanks um, for everyone still listening in the studio. I know we've got a couple of people in the studio. If you do want to ring in and join in the conversation, I'd be really happy to hear from you. So please just um, click that button and get involved or put a message in the chat. I'm just going to bring Johnny back in, actually. Um, Johnny, I was really interested um, to, to hear that you alluded to some research that's been going on, and, and I, I think it's a really good thing if we could just dig into some of the research that's out there on tutoring, because we can all um, imagine sort of the, the qualitative side, but I wonder if you could talk us through, what does the research say about the benefits of tutoring in schools?
3: Thanks. Yeah. So there's, there's been a lot of research over the, 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 the past few decades, so, you yeah, Education Endowment Foundation, uh, there's a great research in tuition a number of years ago that showed just how much impact, um, one of small group tuition could have. And I think this was part of the reason that the national tuition program came around, um, as a catch up strategy for, um,
5: for for the pandemic
3: and for the lost learning, there. But was really interesting, um, Impact First have just done uh, uh, some, some a study and published a, a report called "The Future of Tutoring," um, where they they sort of surveyed pupils, parents, teachers, and tutors, uh, and it's been fascinating because seventy three percent of parents that were surveyed uh, believe that the government should be continue to pay for tutoring for pupils from a low income background, and and amazingly that was something that was shared by parents across all socioeconomic groups
1: mm. and, and why do you i mean I, I wonder is this perhaps a a wider a wider picture about the state of education in in the united kingdom i mean we all know that it's not uh, without its problems i wonder if you've got any views on on the bigger picture
3: well, yeah, it's, um, it's, it's no secret that, that schools are being asked to do more and more uh, with, with less and less resource. Um, you know, I think with the, the cutting back of a lot of social services, um, mm-hmm. schools are being expected to pick up the pieces there because you know, you teachers care, teachers really, really care about the whole picture of the pupil, about the pupil's welfare, about the pupil's education. And if they see that this child needs support, um, yeah, you they know, they they they're, they're going to move mountains to make sure that people gets mm-hmm. that support in some way, shape, or form. And and you know, so much is falling at, at, at there, um, uh, yeah, for them to to do. That um, there's no, worry, no wonder that yeah, there's a recruitment crisis in teaching. Uh, mm-hmm. The teachers are feeling burnt out. That they, they don't have uh, the capacity to. You know, and neither should, should should they be expected to have the capacity to stay after school and do uh, extra classes or catch up sessions. So so really I think that's where, where tuition comes into it and you know, we know that uh, affluent families are paying for this to happen uh, for their pupils. So it's really interesting to see that everyone's saying, well actually you know, we, we think this is something that every pupil should have access to. As and when they need it, um, so whether that's you know uh, families paying for themselves or when they can't, the government stepping in and, and making sure that that's something that, that a, a pupil can tap into.
1: It's it's so interesting because I one of the comments that you you made earlier I want to pick up on is the kind of the effect on the interpersonal relationship that that the tutor can build. I think Gwen mentioned this when she phoned in as well earlier. Um, that kind of the really good relationship the really positive relationship with an adult um, concerning the education of the young person which actually if you are the person who's getting left behind and feeling disenfranchised and feeling that you can't catch up and so you may as well give up you know I, w- I wonder if you could say anything about sort of the 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 confidence uh, of of children who experience that kind of positive
3: educational modelling, if you like. Yeah, to to, to quote another headmaster, uh, Liam McGillicuddy of of Bishop's Old School. uh, Yeah, he really rates the impact of tuition. And yeah, he told me it's like, for some of these pupils, it's the first time they felt like someone really cared about them on an individual basis, that someone was going to sit there for an hour that only had time for them. I uh, wasn't worrying about, you know, you know, of course the teacher cares for them, but the teacher cares for them, you know, one thirtieth at the time. Um, and, you know, yeah, they, in their home life, they potentially don't have that real individual focus perhaps. And so giving them this opportunity of tuition is, yeah, someone dedicating that time to them. Um, and, yeah, we've, we've yeah, every year we get these, these reports of pupils who, well, you're know, planning to, to bunk off their exams. Uh, I'm not going to turn up to it. And they put a place, yeah, you know, put the tuition in place and suddenly they're like, well, actually, you know, uh, go on, I'll give it a go. And then suddenly they're not only giving it a go, but they're passing and <laughs> thinking about doing A level. We got one of those pupils who, uh, you know, many years later, she went off, she studied um, a degree and it came back and worked as a tutor for us. So <laughs> we, managed, you know, we managed to do full circle with her.
1: No, that that's really positive, and and I think there was a statistic that I was thinking of, which um which we talked about in our in our kind of as we were preparing for the show, and something like eighty four percent of parents saw an improvement in the confidence of their child thanks to tutoring, and you know that's an extraordinarily you know extraordinary um positive outcome, isn't it? It's it's it's
3: huge, and like I say, you the pupil takes that confidence back into the classroom. They're the one that's got their hand up. They're engaging. They're learning again. So, yeah, you're not just paying for one hour's tuition. <laughs> you're paying for yeah. the knock-on effects that that tuition has on the rest of that pupil's week.
1: Now that, that's really, really positive. Um, and, yet, and yet, disaster. So many schools, it's an area of their budgets that they are actually going to look at trimming. What would you say to schools who are having those, you know, is it is it going to be their the lighting or the tutoring, you know, it's, it's desperate
3: times, desperate times. It is, it's, it's, it's desperate times. And the, the, yeah, the National tutoring Programme has been uh, incredibly positive. It's uh, been wonderful to, to uh, open a lot of schools' eyes to the possibility of using tutoring as part of their educational strategy. Uh, the difficulty is, you know, it's a four-year programme. We're in the fourth and supposedly final year of that funding right now. Yeah. Um, what has potentially happened with schools? One is they've got used to paying, you know, the, the subsidized prices, and so they're looking at next year and saying, "Well, gosh, we won't be able to afford full price." Um, and the other aspect of this is that over those four years, their pupil premium budgets, of course, um, having not been spent on on tutoring anymore, um, have been swallowed up with other um, other programs for pupils. Then it's going to be quite difficult to to grab that pupil premium budget back. For yeah. tuition. So, uh, you know, I think it's important for schools to look at just how much impact tuition has, how much value of, for money there's. Um, we've been doing impact reports with the schools we're working with this year. Yeah. Um, and it's really nice at the end of a program to look at how much a school has spent and how many grades progress their pupils have made to say, well, hang on a second, it basically cost you about 180 £190 for each it's, grade of progress that was made. It's, yeah. it's, it's fantastic it's value.
1: That, that is, yeah, no, thank you. It's it's so interesting. Um, and I'm just going to open it up because I know that there's a couple of people in the studio. I don't know. We've got Nick. He's in the studio. Are you uh, uh, wanting to phone in, Nick? I know that this is something you've, you've been listening for the for the whole show. Perhaps you're interested in talking to us or um, Paul often rings in. Um, please feel free, Paul, if you are interested in, in phoning in. um. Oh, here we go, Nick. Hello, how are you? Hello, are you there?
6: Hi. Yes, hello. hello. Can, can you Nick? hear
1: me? I can oh. hear you. Yeah. Um, Nick, Johnny, Johnny, Nick. Uh, Nick, Hi there. can you Hi, tell Nick. us a little bit about your um, your your context and what you've had to to do in terms of your experience with tutoring?
6: So, um, I'm a qualified teacher, so I um, I actually work in alternative provision at the okay. moment. Um, so it's 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 a real contrast to when I do tutoring. So I do my tutoring online as opposed to sort of in person. And I think that's something that if there is a benefit out of the whole COVID pandemic, I think that one of the things is that students have a much wider range of potentially qualified tutors to to talk to um, because, you know, your students could be anywhere in the country and you're, you know, you're speaking to them from your your space and you haven't got to sort of travel to them and i think that's that's a real benefit particularly in sort of rural areas where um you know you might not have tutors that that are within maybe 10 15 miles of, of where the students live mm.
3: um
6: but, um it the the struggle i've got is um with with the alternative provision students that i work with um a lot of them are from incredibly poor backgrounds and even if they even if they want to progress with a tutor there's they've got very few options to do that um you know because money is very tight for everyone um and they're just yeah they're sort of they're they're kind of stuck if that makes sense i don't know if i'm explaining that very well
1: so would you say that the barrier is is to their learning is from their from their financial poverty or would you say that there's sort of social capital that they they're missing out on or i mean i'm sure those two are very much related if there's any sociologists out there that can confirm that for us but uh is is, what what would you say is the the biggest issue i mean let me let me break it down again so Mm. is it that they they have not been raised in a in an environment where they have the aspirational will to engage with their education and this is the consequence or is it that they haven't got a room or a desk at home or a computer or is it a bit of both?
6: I, I think it's a bit of both but I think it yeah the the aspirational element is is definitely there but um yeah they you know so, some of the students come to to our place without even having a coat sometimes mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. um the thought of spending however much they're going to spend on tutoring is, is just out of the question for them, unfortunately, because, you know, they they haven't got the real basics. Um, and I'm I'm not saying it to be too negative to tutoring because I'm not, and like I said, I tutor and I think it's a great thing. But I think there are inherently some students that are because it's an extra cost in some regard to someone, they're almost sort of automatically locked out of it because they can't afford it or the sort of the people around them just can't afford to spend the money on it.
1: Yeah, that's a really interesting point. And certainly the way that the model kind of works at the moment, you know, and I do speak from within the Bucks bubble. um, But uh, Johnny, I wonder, you know, how would you how would you respond to that idea that some students are priced out of it? And, and, you know, in terms of the work you do in schools, particularly to engage um, with that demographic that might not be um, naturally able to engage with
3: it. Well, yeah, precisely. I mean, this is why uh, the National Tutorial Programme um, was so important. It was to make sure that the disadvantage gap wasn't widened by the pandemic, that tuition was something that was available to all that uh, could focus on pupil premium pupils who didn't have access to it from their own uh, family resource. But the NTP the, the didn't come from nowhere. There's been a lot of talk from the Sutton Trust for a number of years before about this idea of tuition vouchers, about schools having a mechanism that they could provide those pupils that, yeah, as you it points out, could never afford this themselves with access to high quality tuition from from from, from tutors with uh, with with the subject knowledge. And you know, um, you know, we're working with alternative provision schools at the moment as well, where. They have qualified teachers within those schools who are fantastic at working with the pupils and the the specific needs that these pupils have but perhaps don't actually have the subject knowledge and all the topics that the pupils want to study so we actually do some great work where we're providing tutors who you know couldn't meet the needs of those pupils on their own with their qualifications but do absolutely know the curriculum and can explain the the subject matter so it's again that really fantastic way of 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 schools and social companies working together um for the for the best benefit of the people and
1: through through the national program as you say that's a a really good um centralized mechanism for it nick i wonder if i could have your comments on that do you think uh, a voucher scheme that could be um very much i suppose like a free school meal kind of system but for tutoring what What do you make of that is that something you, you'd you get behind
6: yeah i i think one of the the problems as it were with with tutoring and why the the voucher idea might not be a bad one is um you know the tutoring is ultimately in in many ways sort of relatively narrow so if i if i'm tutoring a student for an hour in i don't know geography um obviously there's some there's some crossover with other subjects but if they're struggling in five or six different subjects um you have to sort of almost prioritize onto the sort of the ones that you feel are the the are the highest priorities you know so it might be your english or your maths but they might be missing out on being able to boost their grades in lots of different subjects and like you said you know maybe having a sort of a, a voucher idea where you can sort of spend it on lots of different subjects if that makes sense um might might not be a bad idea
1: yeah no that that's that's um i mean i don't know johnny you might know a little bit more you've probably got your finger on the pulse about what you think the government's going to do going forward what's your view What's
3: the next steps? <laughs> there's uh, there's an awful lot of politics to happen between now and the next year, of, uh, so we'll have to wait and see uh, Yeah, what Labour is saying about it, what the Conservatives are going to put in their election manifestos, so um, yeah, we're all waiting with data, I'm not writing any three-year financial plans at the moment. No,
1: no, well, you, know, you could be minister for tutoring, Johnny, and then you could sort them all out. <laughs> all right well thank you so much listen Nick any final thoughts on on any of the issues if you had a magic wand Nick what would you do in education
6: oh my goodness um
1: (laughs) just last 30 seconds
6: (laughs) yeah um oh just you know increase the budgets everywhere it's just what we need to do isn't it? we just need to get more teachers in and be able to spend more money on on developing the students education
1: Oh, brilliant. Johnny, what's your magic uh, wonder wish for education in, in England and the UK? Uh,
3: I think you know uh, a huge change that could be really beneficial uh, would be to stop having you know teachers up and down the country teaching the same thing at the same time uh, and moving teachers to a more focused way of supporting the pupils. So have lessons uh delivered once by by, by one, one person who's developed a curriculum and it's broadcast across the country and then the teachers are there to help the pupils understand it
1: so teachers is more like facilitators then is that kind of your vision there
3: yeah but uh, yeah it's, it's it's such a big move it's not going to happen
1: <laughs> <laughs> no that that's us really, i hadn't really thought of it that's a really interesting in way of doing it and uh i guess in other places in the world they do things very differently don't they i've had um teachers who've come over to my school who've uh, had their education in india and have spoken about the sort of huge contrast um in their experience of education in their own childhood and the contrast to, to how it is now and you know i guess pisa tells us something doesn't it but it's a very narrow quantitative part of you know picture isn't it and actually we're talking about human beings aren't we and and their educational experiences so uh oh well johnny we have we've been talking for nearly an hour we haven't sorted it out yet (laughs) (laughs) i
4: think we can uh, keep keep
1: thinking to keep thinking right well we've pretty much come to the end of our show this evening and i just want to really thank johnny manning for joining me this evening and for nick and for gwen who called in earlier as well thank you so much to everyone who called in i'm just going to leave you with a couple of messages
2: this show is brought to you in partnership with john Cat educational publishing professional development books and resources to support great teaching and learning in schools around the world Have you checked out their latest releases? Use the code JCTTR2324 for 20% off your order. Don't miss out. Visit johncatbookshop.com to explore their full range of titles and advance your own professional development today. Happy reading.
1: Thank you. This brings us to the end of today's Late Late Show. Many thanks to our special guest, Johnny Manning, and to all of you who's joined us live. Remember, there are Teachers Talk Radio shows all week. Um, Find them wherever you get your downloads. Join me um, again fortnightly at the same time. Bye for now.